My friends, today is one of my favorite days of the year. This morning, Father Klein and I had the great privilege of gathering with our bishop and all our brother priests uh, to celebrate the Chrism Mass, where both of us and uh, all the priests of our wonderful diocese renewed our priestly promises. And then our, our wonderful bishop consecrated the holy oils that we will use throughout the remainder of this year. And now today, right now here in this holy liturgy, we begin. We begin the Easter Triduum, the, really the summit of our liturgical year. Chronologically, it will last three days, but liturgically, in a certain sense, only one. For there will be no dismissal tonight. There will be no go forth, the Mass is ended. Tomorrow at the Passion of the Lord, there will be no greeting there will be no dismissal. We will enter and we will leave in silence because this all points to and culminates in the Easter Vigil Saturday evening, the mother of all liturgies, if you will. And I am truly overwhelmed, really, filled with joy and so much gratitude. You know, I'm uh, in my 10th year now as a priest, but this is the first time I've had the privilege of having been the main celebrant for Holy Thursday and to preach this important liturgy. Father, I am so grateful uh, to you for allowing me this incredible privilege. For tonight, my friends, the Mass of the Lord's Supper celebrates an incredible tri trifecta. We celebrate, of course, the Holy Eucharist, but we also celebrate the ministerial priesthood and thirdly, the new commandment, to love, to love as Christ has loved each of us. What incredible mysteries really we contemplate, and what an important time, my friends, to be contemplating them. What an incredible time to be alive. What an incredible time to be a Catholic. Sure things I know, they do seem to be a hot mess. The world seems to be burning up all around us. But how privileged we are to have been born into this moment in salvation history at a time when the world needs men, women, and children of faith more than ever. How blessed we are. You know, at this morning's Chrism Mass, Bishop Burbage spoke about an interview in which he was asked, what has changed, Bishop? What has changed in this past year, perhaps with the liturgy and on and on? And of course, ever the optimist, the bishop said, well, for one, we are together. Last year's Christmas Mass had to be moved, and we were not together last year for Easter. Much has changed, even, but now things are starting to be better. We are starting to ease the protocols. We're going to see that to continue to ease as a pandemic as we're coming out of it, and many are being vaccinated. But then in uh, the bishop's personal prayer, when he went back to his rectory chapel, another question came to his heart and mind. How has God changed him in this past year? I do think that's a beautiful question for us all to be contemplating. Our bishop said that, uh, well, this past year, he and all of us really have been reflecting on our own mortality, that life is very fragile at times, but it is also so incredibly 
precious. He also reflected on the reality that so many of us are realizing the need that our dependence should not be on ourselves, but on God. My friends, don't both of these things point to the heart of tonight's liturgy, that life is fragile and that we ought to be relying upon the Lord. When Jesus ascended into heaven, my friends, he did not leave us alone. He and the Father sent their spirit to form and guide their church. And Jesus ascended into the sacraments, two of which we celebrate here in this liturgy, the Holy Eucharist, the most blessed sacrament, the source and summit of our faith. Father, we are so blessed to have you. You kept our church open, open throughout the pandemic, even expanding the uh, adoration times that we had because there was at first no public masses, expanding the space in which come, people could come to worship our Eucharistic Lord. So many really incalculable graces, no doubt obtained by those who have spent so many, many hours literally staring at the face of God. Perhaps the only sanctuary they had throughout this time. Someone described it as that. The only sanctuary that they had from a place so filled with so much worldly fear. I will never forget the day Father Bazzano at St. Andrews moved the tabernacle to the center of their sanctuary. It forever changed my life. I know, Father Kleinman, uh, your generosity has allowed the real presence to change so many people's lives here in our own parish and beyond. For as St. John Vianney tells us, there is nothing so great as the Eucharist. If God had something more precious, he would have given it to us. The Eucharist, my friends, is such a gift. And I thank you for your incredibly prayerful witness to this reality. Let us all be resolved to spend more time before our Eucharistic Lord. And let us then uh, share this incredible joy of the Eucharist. Let us invite our family members and our friends into this incredible mystery. For St. John Vianney also said, if we really understood the Mass, of course, pointing to the most blessed sacrament, we would literally die of joy. Of course, my friends, the second mystery we contemplate tonight is the ministerial priesthood. And I do think, as I thought about this, a little self-serving, really, to preach about something that only Father Kleiman and I currently possess. But if the reforms of Vatican II taught us anything, it is that, uh, well, the universal call to, the, to a holiness. We don't get to heaven. We know this by the priest crisis, simply on the coattails of priests, maybe that holy priest. But uh, many of us perhaps will get to, uh, to heaven because of his holiness, but we're all called to holiness ourselves. Pope Francis tells uh, his priests that we are to smell like the sheep, and Father does that well. I struggle at times. I'm sure Father Kleiman would agree, it would be though impossible to be a priest without you, without your prayer and support. Every day I am humbled, of course, by our humble pastor, but by so many of you. And I'm still discovering who I am. I'm still discovering what it means to be a priest, for it is an incredible gift. 
For God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. He calls the broken. And then he used even broken instruments to bring about incredible graces. St. John Vianney speaks of the priesthood so beautifully. He says, the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. When you see a priest, think of our Lord Jesus Christ. The priest is not a priest for himself, he says. He does not give himself absolution. He does not administer the sacraments to himself. He is not for himself. He is for you. So beautiful. He finally goes on and says, how great is the priest. If we realize what he is, he would die. Only in heaven will he fully realize what he is. And I can tell you, my friends, it almost didn't happen for me. Today's responsorial psalm, Psalm 116, just brings me so much joy. You know, one time in seminary, my first year, I, don't, I almost didn't make it a whole year in seminary, we were praying with this beautiful song. And when these beautiful words in the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, they're a little different translation, it says, how can I repay the Lord for his goodness to me? I can tell you time stopped. And a beautiful word came to my heart and mind. I literally felt this word. How can I repay the Lord for his goodness to me? Stay. Stay in seminary. Stay where I've got you. My friends, is this not the same word he says to all of us? Stay here before his Eucharistic face. I'm so glad I did. I can tell you, if I'm truly honest, there were many days early on in my time here at St. Veronica, I didn't want to stay here either. Seems like I'm always trying to move along, but the Lord had to bring me through a very difficult time, and I am so glad he did. I cannot imagine myself anywhere else now. Which brings us to the final aspect of tonight's liturgy. Tonight we celebrate a new commandment. For before the Last Supper, Jesus told us to love God with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourselves. But after the Lord gives us himself in the Eucharist, he calls to love as he has loved us under the cross. For to love is to wish the good of the other. You know, some of my greatest, happiest, most joyful moments of my life have been moments of service. I know many of you share the same truth. Moments in which I got out of myself and loved the other. Whether they were really transformative things like my trip to Peru, or the many houses I built with Habitat for Humanity, or the work camps that I went on, or my encounters simply with the homeless kid. A homeless kid that has changed my life and the many others who have struggled in so many ways. They have transformed me, transformed my life for all those times in which that beast I called the emergency phone went off in the middle of the night. And I had the great privilege of serving the sick in the hospital and the homebound ministries. On and on and on, my friends. When we give ourselves away, or rather when we give ourselves up, Christ in us away, we find levels of peace and joy that we have never experienced before, for we encounter Christ in the other. For Jesus said, I came to serve and not to be served. So too are we called to serve. 
We're called to serve and we're called to love as Christ loved us. Sacrificial love. Love until you till it hurts. Mothers and fathers know this well. You know, Pope uh, Pope Benedict, before he was right before he became Pope, he speaks of this kind of love in referring to Saint Veronica. He said, at first, Veronica saw only a buffeted and pain-filled face. Yet her act of love impressed the true image of Jesus on her heart. On his human face, bloodied and bruised, she saw the face of God in his goodness, which accompanies us even in our deepest sorrows. Only with the heart, he says, can we see Jesus. Only love purifies us and gives us the ability to see. Only love enables us to recognize the God who is love itself. Such beautiful words by the Holy Father. My friends, what an incredible liturgy we begin tonight. And what amazing time it is to be alive, to be on the front lines, to be on the spiritual battle lines that have been drawn. And God is so generous. He's generous as he is calling. He's calling us like in today's gospel with a beautiful question. Do we all realize what he has done for us? Do we all realize what he has allowed, that he has allowed a global pandemic? Literally, he didn't cause it, but he allowed it. And so many of us I know in our crowded church have realized that he has developed within us a greater longing for the Eucharist. He has increased the zeal of his priests and has created a greater love for our neighbor. What an incredible time it is to be alive. What an incredible liturgy we begin tonight. You know, I was always reflecting on um, just the reality that I think we can tend to look at this, uh, this uh, triduum as, as something that looks to the past that looks about a historical event. I came across the ordo uh, that describes this beautiful liturgy. It's, there's a little uh, snippet from Nathan uh, Mitchell called the Three Days of Pasha. And he asks an important question. What really do the liturgies of the Triduum celebrate? He said, we assume today commemorates the day Jesus instituted the Eucharist. And as I said, of course it does. Friday commemorates tomorrow the day he died on the cross, and the vigil commemorates his rising from the dead. All this is true, of course. The liturgies of these days are dramatic reenactments of events, culminating in his victory over death, their acts of historical reconstruction. We're encouraged, all of us, of course, to imagine we are actually present at these events. Comforting our Lord in Gethsemane, walking with him to Calvary, witnessing him emerging from that tomb Easter morning. But is history the central focus of celebration during the Triduum? He says historical events cannot be repeated or really, in a certain sense, even be reenacted. What the Triduum actually celebrates is mystery. The liturgies of these days do not take us back. They don't celebrate what once happened to Jesus, but more importantly, what is now happening 
among us here in this Holy Mass as people are called to conversion, gathering in faith and led by the Holy Spirit. They celebrate God's taking possession of our hearts at their deepest core. Jesus is our core identity. He's recreating us as a new human community, broken like bread for the world's life, a community rich in compassion, steadfast in hope, and fearless in the search of justice and peace. I think Nathan has it exactly right. And there is an incredible urgency in today's liturgy. But the first reading from Exodus tells us all, my friends, to gird our loins, place sandals on our feet, and to grab staffs in hands like those who are in flight, because a new Passover is being offered. Freedom, true freedom from slavery is being offered. A new covenant in Jesus' blood, as St. Paul speaks of, he won our freedom for us. We've been marked by the blood of the Lamb, not on our doorposts, but on our hearts, literally to our very core. We've been washed clean. We've been offered an inheritance. Let us embrace this incredible grace. Let us allow it to truly transform us. And then let us share it. And may God be praised. Amen.